This is the Koinos Community Church Podcast. Subscribe so that you can join us regularly as we look to find ways to close the gap between who we are and who God longs for us to be. So my name is Andrew, and in another era, another time, I had the privilege of working with junior high kids, and we did camp every summer, so I ran camps in the summertime. And inevitably, when you have like 75 to 150 middle school kids, I was going to at least have one trip to the ER while I was doing that. And pretty much every summer, we do camp for a week. It's not like I did a whole month of camp I just did a week and we managed to find some some child would fall off of something and turn something and break something maybe um, usually it was just cautionary to take them to the ER um, just because we had a camp nurse and all those types of things I've actually had a couple of adults that suffered injuries you know those big balls like they're big like they look like a parachute ball and they're about five feet tall had a gal dislocate her shoulder um, they still talk to me so that's good um, there was a young man, one of our intern, not an intern, but like one of our sponsors that was just out of high school, had a concussion one time. Um, one of my interns singed his eyebrows as a result of one of the things that, one of the just silly things that we were doing. It wasn't even a bonfire, it was like a magic trick gone awry. So, But in the midst of all those things, I was shown lots of grace, you know. I wasn't always present for these injuries. I was always, I mean, there's a lot of people, so it wasn't like I was standing right there watching um, this woman get her shoulder dislocated by a bunch of junior high kids. Um, But I couldn't always be there. And there was this one time when we had this inflatable, big inflatable with a slide, and like a big kid's inflatable, not like just a little bouncy house thing, but this big, huge thing. And there was a lot of kids on it, and it collapsed. And that, 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 that was going to test the grace that those parents were going to show me. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about that later, but before we get too far into this, will you pray with me? God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight and helpful to those who hear them. I pray that your grace, your spirit, your love, your kindness would wash over us. It's in your name I pray. We've all experienced grace in some measure. It's this kindness or this favor, this word that we see in, that we see in the Bible when we see grace is that it, it, it's when kindness has been shown or when favor has been shown. And generally speaking, it's that kindness or grace of God. We've all experienced those things in our daily lives. We've got, we, we were driving too fast and the cop let us go. That happened to me once like 30 years ago and it hadn't happened since, but you feel this grace. You're like, oh, man, I didn't have to pay that fine. I got, I, 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 I got away with something. I felt bad about it. I slowed down afterwards for a while. <clears throat> but we've missed deadlines at work. Excuse me. <clears throat> we've missed deadlines at work, or we've bombed tests, or um, we, 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 we didn't make our quotas, or whatever those things are. And many times, we don't get fired for that. We just are, are shown some grace. We're shown some, hey, you can do better next time type of things. And so we, we get that. We understand what it is to be given grace in our lives because we're all 
human. We all make mistakes. We're all broken and flawed individuals. We see stories throughout the scripture about these people who have been shown grace and used by God in the midst of their brokenness. There's, there's murderers like Moses. There's liars and deceivers like Abraham and Jacob. There's deniers like Peter. There's doubters like Thomas or adulterers like David. The apostle Paul experienced God's grace. He was formerly a persecutor. But once he experienced God's grace, he spent the rest of his life living in the light of that grace. And he expected others to do that as well. He defended that grace at the risk of his reputation. I want to show you what I mean. If we look at one of his first letters that we have a copy of is, is to the Galatians, which is a, just a group of churches. And I want to show you what he said about God's grace. He starts off this letter. There's a couple of verses missing from this part of it, but that's okay. It's, he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to set us free from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Then he goes on. He says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some of you who are confusing, there are some who are confusing you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should proclaim to you a gospel contrary to what we proclaim to you, let that one be accursed. As we have said before, so now I repeat, if anyone proclaims to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let that one be accursed. In Bible times, they didn't have very, so they didn't have those types of things, so they just had to repeat the whole thing. And so he said, if they added to this gospel, if they took away from the grace of Christ by adding to it, then those people, Paul's like, I put a curse on you, right? And he took it seriously. It was important to him because he had experienced that grace in his own life. In our series, we're doing a core value series that's tied to what our denomination thinks is important and holds up. And as a church that's a part of that group, we hold this value up too. It says, we value the free gift of salvation in Christ Jesus and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. That's God's grace. Experiencing God's love and grace is a high value for who we are as a church. There's lots of other places out there, lots of other spaces out there that aren't gracious, spacious. Gracious, spacious. I'm going to really have trouble with that. Thank you for showing me some grace and for laughing. I'm glad for the laughter. It's good. Um, But the grace of God, this kindness, is eternal and it's unconditional and it's simple. But as people, we kind of take that and flip it on its head. You know, if you noticed in in the verses we read, Paul mentioned two things. They deserted. They turned away from it. They, like, left it behind. And they perverted it. They destroyed it. And, and they, they took the grace that God had given and they added to it and they twisted it around. Because that's what we do. We take things that are good and we make them into stuff that's not so good. We kind of give. 
But this grace that God gives us, this kindness that he's shown us, it's eternal and it's unconditional and it's simple. But we've limited it. We've made conditions. We've made some complexity out of it. I had, I mentioned earlier that these parents that we would, do, we would have, um, we'd have these parents that would have their kids would be injured and I'd call them on the phone, you know, and we were in some remote place an hour and a half from whatever town the church was in that we were serving at. And I'd have to call them on the phone and say, you know, they're going to be okay. And generally that speaking, that was, that was, that was the case. They were fine. And usually nine times out of 10, the parent was like, yeah, what'd they do? As opposed to it actually being our fault that their kid had gotten themselves hurt. And so we were given a lot of grace in that situation. But oftentimes, in other situations, closer to home, parents weren't as gracious about how they dealt with our leaders and with the folks that were trying to teach their kids and give them these. A lot of times, what, our, what, what, what parents want for their kids may be a little bit different than what they want for themselves. They expect their kids to follow rules when they've been shown all this grace and love and acceptance, but they want their kids at home. And so there was lots of different ways where parents weren't as gracious with me as a leader or with their, with their Sunday school teachers or their small group leaders when they were much more gracious when their kids got hurt. And so I had people that would misunderstand or misinterpret what had been said in a large group setting. or There was just all these types of things where people weren't as gracious when they had this, these thoughts in their mind as when something physical went wrong with their kids. And so we often kind of do that same thing where we go in a certain direction because we misunderstand or we, or we don't want to get all the facts or we're not concerned about all the facts. And so I experienced that a few times in the last 25 or 30 years of, of doing this, not being given grace. But I've also experienced a lot of grace. I've experienced times when I've said the wrong thing or muddled my words, which I just did a couple of minutes ago, or when I, when I tried to explain something and it just didn't come out right, or when I made a mistake and, got, and forgot to carry the one or whatever it was. And there's been shown lots of grace in those ways. And you guys have been exceptional in that as well. Parents would get upset about a doctrine or something that they thought was, this is the way it needed to be when we were trying to explore God's love and his mercy and his forgiveness um, as opposed to the punishment or the condemnation or the conviction that they wanted for their kids to understand. But Paul because he had sensed that grace. He had lived under this harshness of this law, these rules, um, and he had been a part of enforcing those rules. Whenever he got, whenever Christ got a hold of him and forgave him and moved him forward in his life, he wanted to put all those things aside. And so he spent his life. The church tends to, to take things that are good, the good news, and turn them into bad news. We've seen over the centuries that the church with the big C has taken that good news of grace and turned it into bad news, whether that's through sexism or racism, classism. You can kind of name the isms that we've jumped on the board with, and those types of things are things that we've added to that gospel. We've added that grace that God never intended for us to do. And so Paul, through his whole life, once he met Jesus, 
keeps on keeping the good news in front of people. He, he, he spent his life, he went to prison, he was persecuted in that he had been a persecutor. He was persecuted for his holding, to fa- holding fast to that grace of Christ, that kindness that God shows to us. Because this is what he was before. If we look further down in that passage in verse 13, it says, You've heard no doubt about my earlier life in Judaism. I was violently persecuting the church of God and trying to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many among my people of the same age, for I was more zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who had set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, when he was pleased to reveal his son to me, that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles. I didn't confer with any other human beings. I didn't go and and get some more credentials, right? I'm paraphrasing at that point. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem. I didn't go get Peter to sign off on it. But instead, I went away at once to Arabia, and afterwards I returned to Damascus. He spent the rest of his life living under that grace of God as opposed to the approval of a body of um, people who are trying to abide by a law. He experienced it, and he wants the same for others. And so we see in many of Paul's letters, we see him telling the people, it's like, don't go back to that. Don't go back to your former way of life. You can live in this moment of grace. You can experience this grace. And he wanted that for other people. God had been kind to him. He persecuted people. He put people to death. He put people in jail. He was like actually going out into the countryside and sending people back to, um, to sending people to prison because they had accepted this Christ. They accepted this new teaching about who God was. And he didn't want anybody else doing that. And he didn't want anybody else doing that in the name of the God that he served. If you're anything like me, um, you've said the wrong thing. You've withheld graciousness. You've avoided those people that you don't really like hanging out with. Or you put conditions on God's love. But why would we do that? Why wouldn't we want to pay that grace forward? Whenever things have gone in my way, I mean, there was a movie years ago, and it was about this little kid that was paying it forward, trying to pay things forward. And when we hold on to God's grace, it's, it kind of it dissipates. It kind of goes through our fingers. Because if we're not gracious as a result of God's grace, then other people aren't going to experience that God's grace. Aren't going to experience God's grace. We can't put conditions on it. We can't say, I want grace for me, but I don't want grace for others. So why wouldn't we pay it forward? The last couple of weeks, we've seen stories of gracious people over in Europe that are helping people that are coming out of refugee situations in Ukraine. But one story I noticed in the last couple of weeks was this man who was a refugee from Syria, and he was living in Europe. He was a refugee not too long ago, still is because he's not back in Syria. But when the people started coming across the border from Ukraine, he was like, why wouldn't I help these people? I received help when I was in need, so I have to help those who are in need. So he's coordinated efforts for folks who are also fleeing their homeland. So he understood what grace was. He was given grace, and he wanted to make sure other people 
experienced that grace as well. I've experienced tons of grace in my life, and I think you guys have too, whether it's through your marriage or through kids or other people's kids or through illness, and even through death, I've experienced God's grace in those spaces. Two of my best friends who are my age have passed away in the last 10 years, 15 years, one, several, yeah. And in the midst of both of those spaces, I've experienced God's grace in each of those instances because I know that God is using those moments to speak to me and to teach me and to help me understand that there's this bigger, wider world that's available to us. And so all of those things, God's grace covers every area of our existence. But we have to bring those moments to mind. Oftentimes we forget about God's grace, and that's when we don't pay it forward because we've just forgotten about it. We don't hold it in front of us because we've had pretty good lives. And most of us in this room and most of us watching online have had relatively good good lives. And as a result, we don't count the things that come our way as, as gracious, as favors, as kindnesses from God. But when we bring those things to mind, those moments of grace, then we can extend it to others because that grace of God has washed over us. Much of the grace of God that we experience is through other people. You know, there's moments and incidences we can think of in our lives where it's like, Maybe you're having a moment where you're, you're reading your Bible or you're singing a song and you're on your own or you're outside and you sense God's goodness. You sense God's favor in your life. But many times it's through another person. It's through somebody who has a kind word for you or put, puts their arm around your shoulder and tells you things will be okay or things will look different tomorrow. That's how we experience God's grace is through each other want to have the band come up because we're going to be closing in just a couple of minutes but I want to get back to that story about the inflatable that collapsed there's a young man who first of all we probably had too many people on it wasn't there at the time I was across camp Um, but it, it came down and we had some interns that were around some people that were around and the nurse came out and they they called me on the used to have these little walkie-talkie things, and so they called me, and I came over. So between me and the nurse and this kid on the ground who's kind of freaking out, we call an ambulance, and we're out in the, the, we're out in the boondocks. It's a camp. And so the ambulance arrives, and we feel like we've got this kid kind of stabilized. He's alert and just really kind of freaked out, but we wonder if there's a neck injury. So the ambulance comes, and they decide that we need to call in life flight because they just aren't sure. So the helicopter comes, and they take him to this town, Temple, Texas, which is about probably an hour from where we are by car. So they take this young man to Temple, Texas. I'm calling his mom. His mom's a single mom in Austin. Grandma is around, too. So I get in the car, and I drive to Temple from the camp, and they drive up from Austin to the hospital. They both get there relatively the same time. And I knew mom and I knew grandma before this. And we all get to the hospital and find that we had just been overly cautious. Um, 
and as I'm and as I'm getting there, and as I'm driving there, I, I feel angry, and I feel anguish, and I feel stress, and I feel remorse that I could have done more. But we get there and find that this young man kind of just freaked out a little bit. We freaked out a little bit. We weren't sure, and he ends up being okay. His mom still likes me. We're still friends, right? Grandma, we're still friends. They didn't hold all of that stuff against me. I did everything that I could for their kid. And they sensed God's grace in that. They sensed the fact that their kid wasn't harmed for the rest of his life. They, that they didn't lose their only son. And in the midst of that, I know that God was gracious to me in that. Because I know plenty of other camp counselors and plenty of other youth pastors that have lost kids in tragic ways. Or have had kids harmed under their watch in other ways. And that's never been the case for me. And I don't, know, I don't deserve that. I've had plenty of um, things that have gone wrong in my life, but not in a horrible way. And this happened to be one of those times where we were fortunate. And God showed his graciousness to me. And so through all of those, through the little stories and opportunities that God has given I can see his grace in my life. I can experience that grace in my life. And I'm thankful for that young man who's probably in his mid-20s now um, and may have never gotten on a bouncy house the rest of his life or let his kids do it. But I'm grateful for those opportunities to experience the grace from others but also to pass that grace along. They experienced this kindness, um, but others haven't been quite as fortunate. I want to, as the guys and gals begin to play, I want us to, you guys to think for just a moment. I mentioned earlier that we need to recall these moments of grace back into our lives. And I want you to just maybe close your eyes as they play and recall a time when you experienced God's grace through another person. And it could be the smallest little thing or it could be something dramatic. But when has God shown you that grace, even when you failed? Know that all isn't lost. Bring those instances of grace to mind. And then when you have a chance, pay that moment forward so others can experience God's grace through you. Thanks for listening to the Koinos Podcast. If you like what you hear, like subscribe, and share it. You can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at CC and on YouTube at Koinos Community Church. Until next time, be well, do good, and love others.